No, you said you got you want to go to bed early, or I you mean, gotta go. Like, yeah, you gotta get. Like, yeah, I gotta go because shit. That's the last time you hear that theme on my on my show. Welcome to the Meister Movie Podcast. Oh my god. I still love it. I still love that song. They've gotten away from it. They have. Yeah, they've gotten totally away from it. I got Alex and Zach here with me. Hi guys. What up? This was everything. Where can I get? <laughs> Chris, stop laughing. I get it's insane, but come on, man. I don't know, man. This is how I felt when I walked out of the theater. Regardless of the argument that you hear me have with Matt, that you heard I have with Matt, like it wasn't about the movie. But when I was like thinking about this movie, I was like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> We're gonna review an experience. Of just why? Something um, like it's called Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. It's the end of our Jurassic Park series. Uh, oh God! Now, Alex and Zach have already seen this way before I have tonight. Yeah, we saw it on opening night. They built it up as just the most insane thing this year. And not in a good yeah, we way. Up. We got it up a good... <sighs> I don't even think we hyped it up all that well. We just kind of said it was crazy. No, nope, I did. I, I intentionally hyped this up. I didn't think you could live up to it, man. I think this movie is bat poop insane. <laughs> It took the Lost World way too far. Something like that. I'm just... It it remakes the Lost World, and then it makes... I don't know. I don't know what that's... I don't know what to compare the second half of this movie to. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I really can't think of anything. <laughs> it's Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. So we talked about what their plans were for Jurassic Park 4. Yeah, last, we did. Last episode. And the ideas presented in that script or in said ideas. Alex doesn't believe they would have pulled the trigger on not on Spielberg's watch. After seeing this movie, they're gonna pull the trigger. They're no, gonna no, do no. it. My point was that my point was that they would never pull the trigger on those ideas in one movie. Like they would take a bunch of movies to get to that point, sure, and they are. Like like Lost World and this are prime examples that they're trying to get there. They never would have done it on one movie. They never would have made one movie where one person would have started going to the island and then eventually would have ran into genetically altered dinosaurs that are half men. It wouldn't have happened, but they would take three movies to get to that point, and this is proof of that. 
that they wouldn't have done it in one, but they are trying to do it here. And the fact that they tried to do it by the second movie and you watch it and how insane it is, you're like, oh, no, it wouldn't have ever. Period. They're going to do it. Yeah. They're going to do it. Eventually, but you have two other movies to watch before to have the context of what you're watching. You couldn't do that in two hours. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. And the best part is they've had this plan since like 2001. (laughs) Okay. So. Before we start. Mm -hmm. Alex. Can you talk about this poor soul, J.A. Bayona? (laughs) So, so J.A. Bayona really doesn't have much to his belt. He went to school, and now he's... This is technically his second... uh, Had a real big film. He had made um, a few other films before this. The Orphanage, for example, is a really good one. But he mostly spent his time in horror but was always a very good visualist. Wasn't the mon- monster's call, like, really good, and that was, like, half the argument of why you and Matt were arguing? We were arguing about the a monster's call, yes. That was the last yeah. movie he made. Um, and we were arguing because of the book. He had a really powerful personal response to the book, and he didn't like that the movie cut out certain things, including other characters. And when he told me about him, I'm like, well, that makes all the sense in the world. He's like, why? And I'm like, because it's a movie and you don't need this person, you can take the story that this person tells, and you can singularly put it into one person. Because people are watching a movie where a kid has a best friend relationship with a giant talking tree. So, like, that that's a lot to take in, along with the fact that it's all one big metaphor for the grief that he's feeling for the death of his mother. Like, that's the point of the journey. The tree gets him through the process of grief, anger, acceptance, all this stuff. Like, that's, the, that's how that movie rolls. Uh, I do think that that movie is a little bit too Spielbergian. Like, I think it's beautiful. It has some great imagery and it's well told, but there are scenes that go a little bit longer than they should just so you get kind of the vibe of watching a really good scene play out. Um, Which told me when I was watching it, this guy can really make a moment happen. And the the more simple the story, the more fun you have watching the moments. Um, And I I feel like he attempted to have that here because there are some great visuals in this movie, but none of them work because this movie is edited and chopped beyond belief so that none of the tension and none of the moments actually work. So there's I'm, beautiful I'm imagery, but they never built to them properly. Somewhere before this movie got chopped up and everything, that there was some semblance of a beautiful story in this movie. I just no, don't no. think that's what we got. <laughs> no, no. I refuse to believe that this script ever could have been made well. I, I refuse to believe that this ever could have been made with a like the, a functioning story. Like, no, tell me, tell me, tell me that these characters are the same ones from the last movie. No. Tell me that the characters that exist in this movie are actually likable people. Tell me, like, the, the, John Hammond had a partner. No, and not only that, John Hammond had a partner who then sits there and goes, John Hammond was about the preservation of animals. No, John Hammond wanted to sell dinosaurs on lunchboxes as well as kind of make a fun park for people to go to. No, John Hammond always wanted to sell that part. So the fact that this movie steps in and he's like, he was a, he was a conservationist from the start. No, no, he wasn't. And neither was like the, the red-haired chick. Bryce Dallas Howard was, is a conservationist now of animals. She was a businesswoman 
who didn't have time for her family, who, by the way, doesn't show up in this movie. And now all of a sudden she's like a conservationist who cares about animals and has like, she cares about the relationship that uh, uh, Chris Pratt has with Blue. And by the way, Pratt doesn't want to go back to the island and help Blue from a volcano. Are you kidding me? Like he was the one in the last movie who was like, these are animals. Like they shouldn't let them live, like do this thing. Like he should want to go there and help them. He should be the conservationist. She should be the one who's like getting kind of urged to go there and make something better. So these aren't even the same people. And it doesn't even matter because halfway through that movie, they stop it so that we could go do something else that's the villain story. The second half of this movie is all about the villains and what they want to do and how the dinosaurs screw that up. So no, this script sucks. It sucks. <laughs> they never could have been made up. Ever. 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 I love the fact that this guy tries to make moments out of the action scene. There are absolutely great visuals that would have worked out if the tension was brought there. But no, they, they chop this movie up to the point that none of it worked. They get on that island, the volcano erupts, and there's three action set pieces that happen within 15 minutes. And only one of them works effectively. That's insane. That's insane. You shouldn't do that. Uh, anyway, this guy makes a monster's call. I like a monster's call. I think it's very Spielbergian. So I understand why Spielberg would look at this guy and be like, you made a giant creature movie. You can unfold the scene the way that I kind of do. You have the magic that I see. And I still think he has it. But I think this movie was edited to the point where that was all gone and taken away. So I really do want to see what else this guy has to do that isn't necessarily horror. But, like, this isn't his movie. This is not his movie. Like, he tried, but they just cut it all out, all the good stuff that he had out. But it's... It's crazy. Like, this guy's going to have a good career because this movie made money, but at the same time, I... Like, everything that he wanted to do visually in this movie is gone. Yeah. The script just could not have been made well. It couldn't have been made well. It could have been... A, like, it is a... The problem is, I think, if they had edit, if they kept the edit the way that he wanted it, it probably would be... It would have fun, interesting sequences in it the way that Lost World has fun, interesting sequences in it. But it still would be an insane script, and I'd still be sitting here saying, we had a good time watching a crazy movie. But instead, what we get is a really poorly made, insane script that just doesn't have any of the same spirit as the other movies. And you, you notice it, right? You can't escape it. Yeah. I didn't realize this director directed two episodes of Penny Dreadful. Yeah, no, he's a horror guy, straight up. Well, he did, uh... Well, well, if you look at the vast majority of what he's actually done, he's actually done more drama and fantasy than he's done actual horror. He's done two episodes of Penny Dreadful and The Orphanage. That's the only horror he's actually done. I mean, I know that Penny Dreadful is not horror, but it is very gothic. It is, like, just sort of all smoke and, like, shadows, like, and monsters and stuff like that. I think that's why I don't necessarily. He, he started in horror, and to be honest, I think he is better in fantasy, and I think he could make a good action movie. I think he could make. I would love to have seen him make Lost World. Like, I think he could have made a good movie out of that. But yeah. I don't think anybody could have made a good movie out of this script. Like, a good, like, story out of it. It's just terrible. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, just. Moments of absurdity throughout. I'm so glad we're doing this for the podcast. Oh my god, this is so great. It's so bad. Kind of funny note about this guy is that this guy has a a working man's agreement that 
if it ever comes to the point, if uh, Ben, uh, if uh, Benetta ever asks of him, uh, Guillermo del Toro has promised that he would help him in any conceivable form he he would want, which could potentially lead to a, uh, a JD a JA Benetta directed film written and possibly produced by Guillermo del Toro. I would like that. But Del Toro, uh, he would actually have to follow through on it. But he yeah. has a large history of not following through on any of the, any I, of the things he's been doing. Alex, I of all people know that. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, yeah, he, uh, never followed. He, he's promised to make a Hellboy 3, and now it's being made by someone else. <laughs> The last three movies he said that he would make, he didn't, and then he went ad- he went ahead and just made Crimson Peak. And Shape of Water. I mean Shape of Water, yeah, eventually, but like You know what his new produ- you know what his new thing they producing is that I'm kind of really excited about though? What? Uh he's doing scary stories to tell in the dark. He's producing it, but the guy who's directing it is the guy who directed Troll Hunter. Yeah, I heard. I'm excited for that. Awesome, and I'm so excited. And Zoe Catelli is in it, and Austin Abrams, and just this cast of like people, and it's great. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we should get started because Zach isn't going to be here much longer. Nope. Okay. In a wait, real quick, Alex. You know what I am really excited to see though, on the on the topic of, of random things. I and Alex, I think you should go see this. This movie is like really nuts. Is um the new Ben Stiller movie? What's it called? I forgot. Uh, shoot. So one about him taking the pictures. I forgot. I don't know. All right. Not pencil. Steve Carell. That's it. Oh my god. I'm <laughs> wow. They are nothing alike. They they kind of are alike. No. They're, they're, no. No. Kind no, of. No. Sure. They're white men that have penises, but like that's it. <laughs> Welcome to Marwin. That's it. Welcome to Marwin. <laughs> Alex. I'm done. Sorry. But it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, so that's okay. Yeah, no, Zemeckis is, uh, I like Zemeckis. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a big fan of his, like, 1950s love of, like, baby boomers, but, uh, I do think his, uh, movies are fun. Yeah. Anyways, so, Jurassic World. Jurassic not- World. Okay. I did notice one more thing. I thought, I thought this throughout the whole movie. Jay Bayona is a much better visualist than Colin Trevorrow. So, Alex, you were right about that. Yeah, well, we could have told you that. I didn't tell him that. Okay. Yeah, no, there's some great imagery in this movie. I really... There's some actual visuals that just really stood out to me, but, I uh, like, they're all... They don't have the impact that they should. Well, there's a lot of images here that scream Jurassic Park, but the problem is, is that this movie doesn't scream Jurassic Park. Okay. Are you ready, guys? Something like that. 
All right. Go! Jurassic Go. World Fallen Kingdom, directed by J.A. Bayona, written by Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly, two men that I'm glad aren't working in my Star Wars. Uh, released June 22nd, 2018, starring Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Jeff Goldblum. The Goldblum! Uh, Toby Jones, uh, James Cromwell, Ted Levine. He's barely in it. Yeah, he's barely in it. Uh, Toby Jones, James Cromwell, and B.D. Wong. And a guy who looked like Sam Cromwell, but he's actually Ted Levine. Fun, fun fact about this. Uh, one of the lead actors... Rockwell, in the- sorry, Rockwell. There's a there's a certain actor in this movie, Justice Smith, who is our lead for Detective Pikachu alongside Ryan Reynolds. And right. that's gonna be an interesting movie. <laughs> that's the I don't care all about Pokemon, but I am interested to see what happens. It, I mean, it's directed by Robert Rob Letterman. I mean, this is the guy who did Shark Tale. Uh, <laughs> He did uh, the Captain Underpants movie, which was fun. Uh, yeah, that's alright. What? Yeah, that's alright. He did Shrek, Shark Tale. Uh, the the main first main direction he did was Gulliver's Travels, which is not a good thing, but yeah, it's not great. Um, but that was... I I mostly don't. I mean, I'm wondering what that movie is going to be because the whole point of Pokemon is that humans capture these animals and make them fight. Like, yeah. who cares if Pikachu runs off and becomes a detective? He's just going to be forced to fight later against in life. Yeah, we'll see. Anyways, Justice Smith is in this movie. He plays Franklin Webb, who's the black guy who screams a lot in this movie and is always talking about the T-Rex. And, yeah. <laughs> All right. Movie starts in a sub. I immediately thought I was watching the Meg. Maybe the, uh, maybe the, the download got it wrong. Maybe. I don't know. So, turns out it's Nublar. We're in the uh, Mosasaurus pen. Or Lagoon, mm. sorry. Lagoon. So, they find the Indominus Rex bones and extract a rib. Um, then, Mas- on, right? then the Mosasaurus eats the, ju- eats the sub. So, the dude, the dude on the surface uh, uh, begins to close the gate to the lagoon before the T-Rex shows up and um, he he narrowly escapes uh, the T-Rex but uh, Mosasaurus surfaces and eats him from the ladder from the chopper. Chopper leaves with the rib and Fish Dino leaves the lagoon. It's loose. Dun dun dun! Doesn't do anything until one last image at the end of the movie which granted is great but it really doesn't mean anything. Like most, let me put it this way. Most movies would open with this, and then the entire movie would be about the Mosasaurus actually wreaking havoc in Costa Rica. No, they they don't show it again, ever. No one ever talks about it until the very last shot of the movie, and you don't even get to see what it does. I mean, you can assume what it does. I mean, they are getting the bone of the Indominus Rex, which is fine. But really, you don't need to do that. They walked away with genetic material at the end of the last movie. They probably literally could have, like, like cut the Mosasaurus thing and just had the T-Rex eat it, and it would have been just fine. Hmm. So, <clears throat> we then cut to a news montage that recaps the last movie um, and asks yeah. if uh, dinos have rights. Outright stating... Outright saying... The uh, the uh, the theme of the movie. 
So thanks. Um, so Ian Malcolm, he shows up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Ian Malcolm believes that we must let them die by the erupting volcano on Nublar. One, why is it just now erupting? I'm sorry? Nublar. Why is it just erupting? Why? Plot convenience. Okay. Yeah, here's the thing. If Nublar was gonna... Excuse me. If Nublar was gonna erupt, they would have seen signs of this well before it reached this point. Like, just... They would have. And, uh... They would have had a plan probably well before this even happened, but, like, they're just... Oh, it's smoking now. Oh, my gosh. Like, come on. So, we now, uh... We go to Claire, who is the lead organizer of a group of dino rights activists. Okay. Which I don't believe for one second. Okay, 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 okay. Devil's Advocate. No. Yes. There's no Devil's Advocate here. Yes. It just doesn't make sense. No, no, no. Hear me out. This is the thought I had. It didn't make sense to me at first. Then I thought, okay, I guess they can get away with it. I guess they can get away with it. If not for the dying dinosaur that she watched die and the field of dinosaurs that she saw that were dead in the last movie. I guess they can get away with that. I don't even think it's a pass for me. It's a pass for me. That's not my hill to die on in this movie. Uh, no, that is not enough. No, no, No. it shouldn't. It shouldn't have been that at all. No, no. I'm sorry. You know why? Because after that moment, she beats a baby dinosaur off Chris Pratt and then just shoots him later. Like that is true. Does pump him full of rounds? I'm sorry. Okay. This movie should have been her working with Chris Pratt in this company. And her being like an assistant and like doing stuff with him, but Pratt should be the one who's pushing the conservation idea. He's the one who is way closer to that than she ever was. She is a businesswoman who cared about her outfit, didn't have time for her family, who cared about meetings, who cared about the operation of a theme park. The fact that she opens with this movie with like plain everyday kind of New York clothes and getting coffee for her coworkers and like trying to be nice, like that's not the person from the last movie. Like, at all. It's just not her. Okay. Whatever. She not my... For her to just show up and be kind of like a nice-ish person who runs some kind of, like, Google-ish hipster place. Like, no, she was not a hipster. Not my hill to die on. There's far more bigger fist to fry not, in this not movie. Not your tiny little mound to die on, because it doesn't make any freaking sense. There's far bigger fish to fry. There are far bigger fish to fry. Can people change? Is that image enough to make people change? Absolutely. But if you don't show us that change or actually fill in the blanks properly... That's the point. That's my problem. Like I'm talking about a story and how it's developing. Not that an actual human being could have seen that image and then like felt it and like was moved by it. But that, that doesn't happen. At, the, at any point, she never looks at him. She never looks at him. If she walked in that room and been like, when I was on that island and I saw all those dinosaurs dying, and when I saw, or like, if you show the growth of her watching the animals die or not be helped as other problems existed and her getting to that point, sure. But there was no point in the last movie that said that she gave one 
ounce of a crap about any of those animals. She didn't even give a crap about her own her own nephews until they were uh, until they were lost in a, an island of dinosaurs that she created. Was it necessarily her or Maserani? Both of them. Both. Both. All right. All right. He was the, he actually he cared about. He's the one who cared about how the dinosaurs felt. In fact, he had to explain that to her. The actual care for like the what, how these dinosaurs feel matters. So you need to think about that. And she really doesn't. The most of the movie, she's just trying to survive and like help her nephews, not any animals. If there was a point in that movie where she had a relationship with Blue, or she did something to help Blue. Different story because Blue's the only one who actually has an arc in any of these movies. Okay, and I mean the love, but she is not the same character. And the Pratt and the fact that Pratt doesn't want to go back and help these dinosaurs or have any like care, he's just like humans need to step away and let it happen. Like, nah, no, you have another island, you can save some of those dinosaurs and put them on that island. Yeah, I'll get to that other island in a second. Will you? Will yes. you really? Yes, I will. Okay. Okay. I believe in you. So. <laughs> oh, just you wait. So, she's a lead organizer of a group of dino rights activists. Take that for what you will. She turns on the TV. Government announces that they're staying out of it. Because Ian Malcolm told them to. Um, mm. So, everyone's depressed. Actually, this is where we meet... Uh, Zia? That's her name, right? Whatever. And uh, Franklin. Played by Justice Smith. Got it. I know. I know. I know. Zach. I know. You know, he actually is really good. He's been in other stuff that I enjoy, too. People should pay attention to him. Yeah, wasn't he in The Get Down? Yeah. Actually, I loved The Get Down. Uh, It was never going to last at a million dollars an episode, but, like, The Get Down is beautiful and really well done and the soundtrack is nuts what else was he in that you liked a lot um it was another small thing that he did but i, I really liked him from the every game. day by michael Sucksy. no maybe not anyway it may have just been the get down because that's a bunch of episodes of one show yeah it's a good show though so Clara then gets a call from the Lockwood Estate. Okay. So we go to the Lockwood Estate. We get a picture of John Hammond on the wall. This I had flashbacks to Independence Day Resurgence, but I have to remember that the man is actually dead. Um. Uh. So Eli uh, comes down the stairs, gives her a tour, explains the history of the idea of the park, yep. and how Lockwood and uh, Hammond had a relationship. Where was this in the first movie? I don't know. I'll tell you where. It was it, nowhere. Uh, it didn't exist. It didn't exist. It did not exist. Okay. Even in the books. Listen. 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 If Spielberg is complicit in what this, what Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow are taking this franchise, I mean, he had to have, he would have been able to just, just, just would have been okay with the band dinos, okay? Again, I don't. Uh, my point is not that it would ne- that we never see man dinos. The point is you would never see the transition oh, from I know. Jurassic Park three to that end. 
so if Spielberg is complicit in having several movies lead to that point, sure, because he knows it takes more than one movie. Like that's the point. Like he, I don't, I, I don't think he doesn't want that. The point is he understands you can't sell. Like I can't walk up to a girl and be like, "Hey, you're hot. Can we have sex?" No, <laughs> it takes a couple dates of wooing someone before you get to the point where you feel comfortable enough to actually have the intimacy of intercourse. Like that's the point. Like woo me before you start putting a man dinosaur inside me. Okay. That's disturbing. All right. Is it? Because you sh- I- I'm filming it right now. <laughs> it's going to be on you porn soon. <laughs> okay, you do you. So. That's you. So, Eli explains <laughs> the history of the park. Lockwood comes in, played by James Cromwell. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the scientist guy from iRobot, if you guys don't remember. Um, I do not. Because you didn't watch iRobot. Anyway, um... I don't remember it. Oh, I see. Um, so... I didn't catch what they were talking about with this island. Did they build this island or did they find this island? It was just an island that they had and they built a bunch of shit on it. To keep them secluded. Okay, 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 okay. Island for exactly what Sorna was for. Mm-hmm. They could just refit the lost world on Sorna to fit their needs. And it doesn't have an active freaking volcano. Because the point is, Chris, this movie is not about the volcano. This, the volcano is a, it's a side the volca- the volcano is the inciting incident of a movie about how they take dinosaurs to a house and then sell them underground yeah the this movie is about dinosaurs in a house it is not about the island that that's what bothered me and that's why I think it's funny like the island they didn't care about any of that stuff they weren't telling a Jurassic Park story on that island. They're trying to get the dinosaurs off those islands and in the world. So that's why most of this movie is in modern setting where the dinosaurs come in. It's just not as effective as the San Francisco scene in the second movie. Okay. So. Anyway, he explains how Lockwood and Hammond split over the project. He mentions his, he mentions his granddaughter. I will get to that spoiler alert the moment i saw this daughter i knew exactly what and who she was and my eyes perked right up i was like don't you dare <laughs> movie and it does it's crazy <laughs> i can't i can't wait so we're gonna talk about this in detail oh we are we're gonna talk about how we have crazy. so many questions Anyway, um, Eli and Claire go over the plan. They can save 11 species, but they want blue. So, of course, that means uh, Claire has to go get Owen. So, he's doing what any manly man would do. He's building a house on the lakeside from his uh, trailer. She wants to go get a beer, so they do. They argue about who left who. Um, Unbearable. Um, 
unbearable, unnecessary, you know. So he knows about Lockwood's plan because he got a call from them. So he tells her not to go. She brings up Blue. He says he's willing to let Blue die. You know what? Screw it. This doesn't make any sense. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> That's I mean, not the same guy. It's they, okay. Oh god. Even if it is the same guy, he's a big. He's a douche now. Like he, that, if that's the same guy that really is, if he goes to the experience that he did, and now he's like, let Blue die, let them all die, let them all. They're not even animals. They like they're products that were made by. No, he wants to build a house in the middle. Like no, be a conservationist. Actually, try to help these things. All right. So basically, Claire guilt trips him. Um, back in his trailer, Orwin watches videos of him training the, training the raptors. So, they cut to the plane. It's about to leave the tarmac. Claire gets on the plane, and Owen got on the plane before they did. Yeah. Yeah, um... I, I just think it's funny that she's like, here's a video of you training Blue. Like, that's all it takes, like... I mean, I get the idea that maybe he doesn't want to think about Blue and he hasn't thought about Blue and just looking at Blue is enough, but I don't I, feel that, that that's what he's doing. I don't feel like he's trying to run away from his problems and all these dinosaurs. I feel like he would have taken the action to do something. I feel like she's the person who would do that. Okay. Now, this... This, to me, doesn't make any sense. Now, if any of you watch Folding Ideas, which you should, great channel, that is about as much of the Book of Henry as I know. And this scene right here sums up that movie. Subversion of expectation, and it makes no sense. Anyway, um, uh, I don't think Book of Henry is about subversion of expectations, though I do think that there are some, I mean, if you look at it constructually as a story, there are some interesting turns, like, um, you don't expect halfway through the movie for the main character to just die from a random brain tumor, but there you go. Like, it's, it's, the, the problem with that movie is not necessarily the story. The, there have been weirder movies that are actually kind of close to being like that. The problem is the tone. The tone of how that story is told is wrong. So I don't have a problem with him coming up with insane ideas. I have a problem with the way he views them as normal yeah. and things are like real life and like the way that they should happen. Because no, like everyone in Book of Henry should be like, you're a terrible mom. And your kid's a jerk. And, like, they shouldn't be where they are. Like, none of that stuff makes sense. And the fact that he relays it like it's grounded in reality doesn't work. Like, there should be music. There should be fast editing. There should be humor in that movie. They have actual comedians in that movie playing serious characters asking serious questions. The tone is way off. And that... I, I, I don't think I think the director of this movie understood that and did the best he could to tell the story, but I just don't think it works. Okay. <clears throat> this plane scene. I wrote in my notes. 
Franklin's going to suck. I don't know if I'd agree with that. So you don't like you don't like Franklin because he's just annoying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think he's just written annoying. I think he. I think the actor's fine. Uh, yeah. I also think the other girl's fine too. But I. I. Um. Again, they leave halfway through the movie. They're not there for the second half. Like, why not? Why not have them be Jack Johnson and Lauren Lapkus from the last movie? Okay. Yeah, that uh, would have had a lot more sense from the last movie. Like, why not one of the kids, the like the other kid, like work for that company and get involved too? Like, why did they have to create new and like characters that are just like fodder and then they don't die? Well, I wouldn't say that they die, per se. I don't think they don't die. They should die. It's a movie where people get eaten by dinosaurs, and in the first 15 minutes when that actual volcano erupts, and there are three, count them, three action scenes, and nobody dies, nobody dies, and then they leave and never, like, no, kill one of them. Yeah, probably. Okay. You can't have the nanny get brutally murdered in the last movie and then have like none of those none of those kind of characters die in this one. Yeah. That nanny dying was pretty bad. Oof. Um, so we cut to the estate. Uh, Iris was her name? The the maid? Or the secretary, whatever. Probably. Um she's looking for Maisie, the granddaughter. Um, and she's faking an accent, or she hasn't developed it yet. I don't know. That's weird. Speak the Queen English, that girl, or whatever. That was one. Plan arrives on oh, Nublar. Ah. What? Um, I'm moving on. No. Plan arrives on Nublar. They meet the the Mercs from uh, the, the Lost Merc- World. I'm sorry. Um, uh, you know, never mind. So they, uh, they meet the mercenaries. Uh, Franklin is just the, um, so they arrive to the abandoned Jurassic world. This is, I almost called it the lost world, but we've had three of those now. Um, we've had three lost worlds. It was the first park, the park before that, the lost world, and now Jurassic world, which is lost. They need to stop. Please stop. Something like that. Stop. Um, so wait, wait. You're saying that they remade The Lost World in another movie other than this one and the second one? No, what I'm other saying, movies like Lost No, 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 no. Stop. Hear me out. What I'm saying is there are now three Lost Parks, a.k.a. Lost Worlds. This is what I'm saying. Ah, got yeah. it. Because they named The Lost World because Isla Sorna was supposed to be the first park, but that didn't happen. So they arrive to abandoned uh, Jurassic World, um, and then they meet the non-man-eating dino. We get a beauty shot of it, and Franklin doesn't even like that. Ah. So, uh, oh yeah, it was uh, Zia who walked out the 
who walked out of the truck. I thought for sure she was getting got. Um, so they move on. They go to the power station. They turn on the power. They find blue signal. Owen and Zia go to track her. Then Owen's on his own, I guess. Uh, bird dinos. Bird dinosaurs. Uh, finds the uh, the old park jeep from the first movie. Uh, Blue drops in. They're about to bond before Blue is shot with the tranquilizer. It's about he, She's about to be shot with another one before she starts uh, mauling a guy. She's eating him, and then he, the dude shoots Blue point blank with a 9mm. Owen's passed. He would, he, he's about to sock the, uh, the lead mercenary, but he gets tranquilized. But then he, then, then the guy, um, um, blew air and then he fell over backwards. I thought that was okay. Um, I, I just laughed, I just laughed at the over, at how over the top that, that quip is. Um, I mean, did anyone did anyone else notice that like when when the with the when the quote unquote bad guy shoots it that he just like you kind of knew that at some point in this movie he was gonna get his comeuppance. Well, yeah. I'm still waiting for Wu to die. Something like that. Yeah, Wu Wu has now become the most evil character of the entire series. Yeah. Like, out of, out of all these people that keep trying to do stuff and keep dying, like, the fact that he, he isn't dead yet and still consistently is making evil dinosaurs, making, like, bad dinosaurs. Because I guarantee you he had a hand in that new raptor at the end of the movie. Anyway. Um, so, Zia comes in after Owen is knocked out. She pulls Owen's gun. but They can't shoot her because she can stop Blue's bleeding and they need Blue alive. Okay. Because plot reasons. Oh, don't get stuck. Come on. I, I actually care about Blue. Blue is an actual character in these movies. Like For two <laughs> movies, Blue has, has an arc. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's true. Yeah. So, the volcano's erupting. It's just ripping the island apart. They left Owen... Um, no, wait a minute. So, Head Mercenary and Eli are on the phone talking to each other about, okay, you're going to get your pay. I want my bonuses. You're going to get your bonuses when you bring the dinosaurs in. I want my bonuses. That's all they're worried about. They left Owen. Just laying there. So, he's about to get got by, oh yeah, no, no, no. A Triceratops comes. And uh, starts licking him, but he can't move because he's paralyzed from the tranquilizer. So he gets licked by this thing. And then the Trizard... The Trizard... Charizard? Charizard, yeah. Um, he... Your franchise together, man. He walk, wanders off, and then Owen looks and sees a lava rapidly approaching. <laughs> you guys know where I'm going with this. Yeah, we know you're going with it. This is worse. <laughs> this is so much stupider than when Finn got stunned by Rose in The Last Jedi and he's paralyzed. 
This looks so stupid. He's, he's trying to screw <laughs> You are giggling a little too hard about this, bud. No, it just looked so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's Chris Pratt, man. What are you expecting? Like, he flips over his leg. He's flipping his legs over his body, and his upper torso isn't moving. And he's... This is exactly like Chris Pratt, like physical humor. I This is exactly what I had to expect out of him. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, uh. Am I wrong on this, Alex? <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> oh, no. What are you wrong about? Oh. What's up, Zach? I mean, this is exactly what I'd expect out of Chris Pratt as far as physical bodily humor. No, Chris Pratt is is funny. Like, I think he's I think he's a funny physical person just as much as he is with like like improv and stuff. But I I, I hate this scene. This is the first scene of the movie where I watched it, and all like it bothered me so much because he like gets paralyzed, and then. You think a dinosaur is coming, then it's a good dinosaur, and then there's lava, and then he's trying to roll out of the way, and it's all st- and it happens within the span of like a minute, and it, that's something that should take three minutes. That's something that should be sparsed out. Like if you look at the, if you look at the the trailer scene in the second movie, things just keep happening over a period of time to create a twenty minute awesome set piece. Like the trailer is moving, then there's another one, then there's glass, and it's cracking. Then they're on a rope. Then they're falling on a rope. Then all of a sudden the trailers are falling. The guy's got his gun. Like they're, All of these things that happen take their time to build to a moment. Um, that doesn't happen here. He just, he's paralyzed. Then this, then this, then this, then this. Then all of the tension is gone. And then all of a sudden he's fine. And you can't really process any of that. It, the same thing happens when they're in that room and the lava's coming and then there's a dinosaur and then they get up the ladder. Like it happens... So quickly, you don't have the time to process the actual danger of the situation and really, truly yeah. enjoy. Fair enough. <coughs> um, let's see where am I at? Okay. All right. So he slowly regains use of his body as he evades the lava. So Claire and. Franklin are trapped in the substation with lava and a dinosaur. Uh, Franklin, the character, is the worst. Um, they escape through a hatch, barely, with an off- with an office chair. Um, they trap the dinosaur that was after them um, in there, which is brutal. Um, so Owen yells the the um, this the franchise line uh, run. As he uh, he and a diverse dino stampede come running through the thick. The... Is that your description or their description? Excuse me, what? You heard me. No, I didn't hear you, actually. I said, is that your line or the movie's line? What? It doesn't make any sense. I'm moving on. Um... So they come across a gyrosphere. <laughs> they come, okay, they come across a gyrosphere. But before Owen can get in, uh, the the uh, a devil dino eats a triceratops. The T Rex eats devil dino. 
Um, so the gyrosphere goes. Owen jogs after it. He should be dead. He should be dead. Um, so everyone's racing. Everyone's racing the ashes to the to the cliff. They fall into the ocean. Gyrosphere is taking on water. Owen comes in out of nowhere. Um, the gun doesn't work. You break through the glass. Knife does. Uh, but um, so then, hang on. So the gun doesn't work. So Jarvis feels full of water. They're dr- they're gonna drown. Owen comes back with a knife, and together they open the gyrosphere and they escape. So they're on the beach. They observe that uh, Lockwood's. I, 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 did you did you like the gyrosphere scene? Do you think that's a because I think that's like the I think that's the best action scene of the movie. It's the only one that actually breathes. Huh. <laughs> I see what you did there. Whether you meant to or not. No pun intended. <laughs> um Yeah. I'd say it's the I'd say, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Um so they go and observe a Lockwood's army at the dock. They're loading the dinosaurs. The volcano is still erupting. It just took a 15-minute break. Um, so they have to hurry. Heroes get in a truck and barely make it onto the barge. She can drive a truck. We get it, movie. She can drive a truck. Claire can drive a truck. Um, you proved it in the last movie. You don't need to prove it here. She can drive a truck. Then the... Okay, you're gonna let me have it for this. The one part of the movie that I actually cared about was the uh, was the non-man-eating dino left on the dog as it burned to death in lava. In the best shot of the movie. Yeah, that got me. Um, one of the best shots of the series. What didn't get me was Claire's disguise of a hat and nothing else, and nobody's being fooled about it. Yeah. So there she is, standing in the open. Their face showing. Like pure redhead. So, um, non so yeah, they make it onto the barge. Non man eating dino left on the dock, and Nublar is destroyed. Because, uh, the Rogue One Death Star blew it up. <laughs> okay. You Star Wars fan, you. Yeah. So, Eli meets D- Mr. Everstall. Played by Toby Jones. You guys Jones. think I'm obsessed with Twin Peaks. <laughs> I reference Star Wars on this show more often than you reference Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, that's my point. You also reference that I'm a Twin yeah. Peaks fanatic more than you ever admit your love. And how it's a detriment on your life. Yeah. I will admit that fully. So... Um, so, Eli meets Mr. Everstall, played by Toby Jones. They want to sell the Nublar dinos to finance the ones being made in the basement. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Stop right there again. They're trying to make a profit off off these dinos, correct? They're trying to make military-based dinos, yeah, and then make a profit off them, yeah. Why not? Okay, you built an island unnecessarily, or you built a facility unnecessarily 
on another island where there's another where there's Sorna right there. And so why not stop, take it to the other island and breed these and then make a profit. Like mass produce. Instead they're blowing their load on everything. Secretly, they could make more at, money. At the house Yeah. So So again, like from the last movie, of course, I wrote this in caps. They are making them for war. Weren't didn't we just address this in the last movie? Yeah. They addressed it, but then they also walked away with the genetics. I we always knew this was going to come back because even though that island, that park was destroyed, they still walked away with the genetic material to make more dinosaurs. So they probably weren't going to make another park. They were probably going to use that material to sell them to as military profit because they're not going to make another park. They're going to they're going to use those dinosaurs. They're going to have to use them for something else. They still got to make money. So they're making them for war. I then wrote in caps Indoraptor. Because Indominus Rex. Now let me, in let me ask form. you this. Now that you've seen the movie, do you think that the Spinosaurus is more like the Indominus Rex? Or do you think that this stupid Indoraptor is way more like the Indominus Rex? Well, it has the word Indo in it, so you figure it out. That is actually a good point. That was my point from the beginning. Like, the Spinosaurus is a real dinosaur just doing its thing. Like, no, they they decide to double down on the last movie and make this thing again. And it's there's no reason for it other than to just have it. Yeah. So, Maisie heard most of this. Goes and tells Lockwood. He dismisses it, tells her to go to bed. Uh, back in the barge. Here, sneaking through, finds you in blue. So I guess she wasn't involved, even though the, earlier they assumed that she was involved. Okay. Yeah. So, Zia can't stop zoo, uh, Blue's uh, bleeding. So she needs the blood from a carnivore, primarily a T-Rex. And so begins this, this part. This is where the movie starts. It doesn't start. This movie never starts. This movie shouldn't exist. No, I honestly agree. It starts when it gets to the house. And it really starts to be what it's what it wants to be. What it wants to be is stupid. <laughs> so, Owen and Claire find the T-Rex. They struggle to get the blood when it goes crazy. Um but they end up do they do end up getting the blood. Um they do not get caught. It's a, it's kind of an interesting scene. Yeah, was, I like the idea of it, but uh, I don't know. The problem is, it's hard. I like the T Rex now. He's not going to eat our main characters. He never will. So, as as silly as that scene kind of could be, the fact that he just wakes up and almost eats him, he's never going to because a there are lead characters, and b we like the T Rex. We're not going to dislike. We're not going to like him after he eats Chris Pratt. Maybe, I mean, I would like him to be a Chris Pratt. Cause it would save uh, us. I mean, 
I, I would like it would be eight Owen, yes, but not Chris Pratt. Come on, man! Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the point. Like, people don't think like us. People are watching. There are people who, anyone who enjoys the experience of watching this movie up to that point, they're not watching Owen. They're watching Chris Pratt. So back to the barge, no, not back, back to the estate. Maisie breaks into the basement, sees all the cages, goes to the lab with all the eggs and x-rays, watches a video of Owen's research. Um, Blue shows compassion in the face of weakness. She is very smart. This is, this, uh, is interlaced with them pulling the bullet out of Blue's uh, thigh, and Blue sheds a tear. You heard me right. Blue starts crying. Well, uh, A, he's the only character I care about. And B, he's part Native American. If you notice that scene, someone dropped some litter. Blue's a she, by the way. Yeah, also Native American. Hey, hey why don't gender, don't gender design my dinosaur. That's a they. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. So... Blue is whatever he wanted. They get the bullet Gee. out. <laughs> so they get the bullet out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eli and Wu um, argue about Blue being shot. Science. Um, science versus uh, um, production, whatever. So... Maisie then stumbles upon the Indoraptor. Um, Eli then gets pissed at her, locks her in her room, but Lockwood wants to see her, I guess. Yeah. But then he doesn't. Or does. I don't know. This is where it got crazy. This is where it starts. This is where the movie starts. Right here. This is where I started getting crazy. So, Barge is unloading. Um, Franklin gets caught, not quite. He's a worker now. He disappears. Um, him and Zia disappear. So, they take the dinos to the estate. Eli's in, Eli's in the room with uh, Lockwood. He's about to... Lockwood wants him to call the police. Um, but then, Lockwood grabs a pillow. And then, smothers... Lockwood with a pillow. At least that's the implication. I I, I gotta be honest. Lockwood's an idiot. If you have no idea, no idea, that there is a... that there's a bunch of dinosaurs being genetically built in the basement of your house, you don't even know that there's an underground criminal organization at auction for dinosaurs in the basement of your house, you're an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> in the house that you dwell in because you're dying and you have nowhere else to go. So many people have to be there taking care of those things. So many things have to happen. That sections had to be built in that house. Like, he doesn't leave. What the hell? Like, he has to know. He has to know. Yeah. So they're about to enter the, the estate gates, uh, Claire and Owen, but they get got. They get caught. Sorry. Um, they get locked up in the basement. Following line occurs. We both exploited these animals, but at least I have the guts to admit it. 
that was Eli to Claire. Good point. Uh, yes, Claire, that's the point. For Claire to go from the last movie to an animal conservationist now doesn't make sense. So for him to say that to her makes sense because she's never, ever admitted that. She just immediately goes into a conservationist thing and it's like, we're just supposed to accept it. No, she needs to have that arc of guilt. She needs to have guilt and she doesn't. She just automatically wants to help these animals. And it's like, no, we didn't see her change to that. To just assume that that's the case doesn't seem valid or real. Like we, it, I just don't believe her. So basically he says they're as good as dead. Maisie manages to unlock her door, gets the key. Um, she starts traversing the exterior of the estate as rich people come to buy the dinos. So she gets to Lockwood's room, finds that he's dead. She takes the journal before Eli and the maid uh, come in and argue about who has custody of Maisie. They're not mourning the man. They're arguing about custody. Yep. She then pulls a photo. This was the moment. She then pulls a photo from the journal. The one that she was curious about earlier that I forgot to mention. She tried to sneak the photo from his journal and then he's like, nah, don't do that. So she finally looks at the photo and there's a girl that looks exactly like her. Dun, dun, dun! The movie hasn't admitted it yet. So I'm not going to talk about it yet. The movie isn't hiding it either. Like, it's not you know, hiding it, have... but they're not admitting it. Yet. I, it, it's Yes, it's being secretive, it's hiding it. Which to me is super funny because the moment that she finds out is what... I laughed so hard when she finds out. Because she finds out that she, what she is. And then it, she watches someone immediately die after that. And then the leads are like, just come with us. And you don't... She just, it's the worst thing she ever could have found out about herself in front of the worst things you could ever, like, see in your life, period. It, it's the best. I love it. She's traumatized forever. Oh, yeah. So, let's see here. But you, as an audience member, like, especially me, I figured the moment I saw her, I was like, oh, okay, nope, I know what you are. Like, you just have to put the pieces together. They just keep genetically making things. So it, it makes sense that they would get there at some point, but the fact that she's just this little Nancy Drew little girl trying to figure crap out and they're hiding it, it's like, what? Not oh. only that, but like, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'll wait. By the way, she's hiding in the, la in, in the laundry chute, by the way. Just so you guys know, she's hiding in the laundry chute. So the maid leaves. Um, Eli suspect like hears a noise from the laundry chute, so he goes over there, looks, and there's nothing there. So Owen and Clara talk about the beauty of dinos and who's at fault between the two. Dino next door wakes up; it likes to headbutt things. So Owen whistles, and it headbutts the wall of their uh, cell. This brick broke wood 
I didn't buy it. Um, I feel like that animal would break its neck. Yeah. Or its oh, skull. A brick wall, I feel like. So then the lock comes loose. I then wrote the following in caps. Dino auction. How big is this place? Bricks are not that weak. Oh my god. I I don't really mind that they used a dino to help them get out of that situation. Like I, I could get over that kind of thing. But to what ends? What is the point? What, and, and once you get to what the actual point of the movie is at the end, the decision to press that button, that's what I was like, really? All of this was for that? Come on. So I, as, the, as that dinosaur was like breaking through the wall and then breaking them out of the thing, I was like, what is this all for? What, do you, what's, what movie, movie, what are you trying to tell me? What do you want me to? What do you want me to see? What am I supposed to get out of this? What's the end game here? I, by that point, I was so amazed at what I was watching, but at the same time, I was like, none of this matters. No. So the dino busts the wall. They're they're at like a hundred and twenty million dollars off these dinos. It's crazy. So. Um, the dino, so the dino busts the wall, then busts the door. Owen and Claire are out. Dino walks off. The two spot Maisie. Spot Maisie. This is where I had to stop, because a thought had occurred to me. So I literally wrote in my notes, pause. Lockwood said he had a daughter, but she died, so now he has a granddaughter that take that he takes care of. Where did the granddaughter come from? Was the daughter his only child? How did no one think about this until now? Had you not figured it out, or didn't we already tell you? No, you told me that there was a clone child running around this movie. She's the only child running around in this movie. True. But, still, it was a clone. That's all I knew. But... The way they, the way he lied about it, doesn't yeah. add up. Well, he's he's a stupid old man. He didn't even know what was going on in his own house. He got smothered by his own family. Like he's dumb. It's absurd. Doesn't make any freaking sense. And then I wrote my notes. Play. Um, dinos are being auctioned. They're legit. How did this get made? <laughs> um, so dinos are being auctioned off, and uh, they're they two very dangerous men, and they are more concerned about Maisie. So Maisie decides to go with them. Um, back at the auction, I then asked the question: Where is Franklin and Zia? Because they had been gone for a while. Um, yeah. The Indoraptor is about to be sold. And I wrote in my notes, well, that's menacing. Um, Wu made it. I quoted Mad Max in that, It's perfect! 
perfect in every way. Uh. Um. It's basically the perfect uh, uh, man-controlled uh, killing machine. That is uh, triggered by a laser pointer and a very loud noise. Um, people want it, but it's not for sale until it is. Who is upset? Pick yeah. better rich people. You failed with Hammond. You failed with Maserani. You failed with Eli. You suck. Woo is dumb too, but he's also pretty evil. But he's dumb. If he wants to science the crap out of stuff, go to someone who shares his vision, not someone who's trying to make a profit. The problem is, anyone who looks at what he does is gonna want to make a profit. Like that, you Woo doesn't seem to understand that he's making he's making guns. Like, stop making guns. People are gonna want to shoot them at people. Idiot. So headbutting Donna from earlier meets Owen as he's hacking the elevator. So he sends it up instead. It starts launching the one percent. Um Owen then comes out of the elevator and initiates punching protocol. So they're about to take the Indoraptor back, but Owen stops it. Rich people running everywhere. Headbutting dino scats into the forest. So back to the lead mercenary guy. Uh, he uh, tranquil. He comes back. Oh yeah. By the way, he has this obsession. Taking teeth. Of taking dinosaur teeth. It's what normal hunters in Africa do. Yeah, he's pretty much the same character from the second movie, except he likes teeth. I thought it was the the same guy. It is. It would have been smart if they got the same guy, but I believe that actor has passed away. I see. Um. So, the hunt. So the dude, um, walks in. He's like, "Holy cow!" Um. So he tranquilizes the Indoraptor. It falls down. He goes for the tooth. But the tail comes up and it's waggling. Distracts him. He turns his head. The Indoraptor opens his eyes. And then once he turns back to the Indoraptor, he closes his eyes. Then the tail comes back up. You see, it's playing possum. Yeah, genetically altered to be stupid smart. That's when I messaged you guys that this was absurd. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're at. We're at this. We have reached this level in this franchise. Things are absurd. Like this is what we've come to. That's why John Sale's script never would have been made. I mean, it's gonna be made eventually. Again. Out of again, it's taking more than one movie to do it. It never would have been one movie. If you can't accept that one dinosaur can play possum with a guy, you're never going to accept that John Sales script is one movie. Period. They True. never would have made it. But John Sales they're spreading the ideas thin through several movies, but they never would have made that one movie. 
So he goes for so yeah he uh and he eventually gets the eaten. Biggest risk. Let me ask you: Does this feel at this point in this time when you guys were watching this? Did you go? Yeah, I'm watching a Jurassic Park movie. Alex, well you uh God, no. Let me be clear here, Alex. I watched that movie with you, so you you can decide what I thought of that movie. I was I don't think I was sitting next to you though, but that's my point. Like I we're in the same room though. All I'm saying is, like, when that happened, I was like, I'm not watching a Jurassic Park movie anymore. I'm watching something else. This isn't Jurassic Park. So if someone had made that John Sale script, by the time it got to the point of Man Diners, I'd be like, this isn't Jurassic Park. This is Stargate SG-1. What the hell am I watching? So, Everstall runs for the elevator, successfully closes up before getting but the Indoraptor smashes the keypad, opening the elevator, and everybody inside is dead. The Indoraptor is loose. So, Franklin, turns out, is with Wu emptying the lab. Zia is handcuffed to uh, Blue's cage. Wu wants Blue's blood. You have no idea how hard it was to say that. Um, Zia is like, nuh uh uh, Woo wants blue's blood. Twist my tongue. Um, Woo wants blue's blood. Woo wants blue's blood. Woo wants blue's blood. Show off. Um, Woo watches. Woo watches blue blood. <laughs> That's literally what I thought. I'm like, oh, blue bloods. <laughs> My mom Ooh, kind blah, of blah, watches this. by a scary dinosaur. Dinosaur is scary. Donnie Wahlberg dances with Dino. Dude, Donnie Wahlberg is an a-hole. <laughs> yeah, but he's great in Sixth Sense. He is, and he's also a very, very good burger restaurant owner. He also dies horribly in Saw. He does die horribly in Saw. You know who else dies horribly in Saw? Michael Emerson, everyone. Well, yeah, but <laughs> Michael. Um. So, Zia's like, Speaking nah, of- I can't have it. So, Franklin then takes one of the tranquilizer vials and stabs Wu with it. So he's paralyzed and unconscious. He gonna die. So I, I wrote in my notes, Frank- Franklin tranquilizes Wu... A payoff long in the making. Oh, wait, they're dragging his body away. Dang it. Chris? Can he just, like, either be the main villain and die? Or is he just going to keep making bad dinos and surviving it inexplicably? Chris? I'm going to quote a good man here. His name? Samuel L. Jackson. Motherfucker's got water! Hold on to your butts? Well, no, I was going to say motherfucker has plot armor. Okay, explicit. Um, I was right down to Great Vengeance and Furious Anger? Yeah! Oh, okay. Pulp Fiction, baby. Yeah! It's still on the wheel. We're spinning that, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, I'm actually way more excited about <laughs> that now. We're, we're powering through this movie because really not much happens. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I really wanted to take more. I really should have taken more notes. Um, I, I, yeah. I mean, 
I'm glad we're zooming through it and we're basically broad stroking the worst points about this movie, but like I'm still questioning whether or not people should actually see this. If you care about the construction of film, if you care about like a good, bad experience watching a movie, then you should watch it because it's insane. It's insane that they thought that this would be good. Um, if you care about imagery, if you care about how visuals work, there's some great things to look at in this movie. If you care about Jurassic Park, don't watch this movie. Just don't do it. It's not It's not a good Jurassic Park movie if you were expecting a good time and a good story and to be entertained on some level outside of people getting eaten by dinosaurs, which honestly doesn't happen that much until the end of the movie, then you're not going to have a good time. So... So Blue kills the guards, the um, Franklin and Zia escape, and then Blue escapes, and then the lab explodes, because gas fumes and sparks equal fire. Yeah. Now toxic gas is leaking. So um, Owen, Claire, and Maisie find the, gar- find the guard with the Indoraptor rifle um, dead, but then the raptor eats him, so now they're hiding. They're in Metal Gear Solid levels of evasion, um, but then a walkie ah. goes off. Yeah, um, but then a walkie goes off, and then they bolt. Um, so then the interruptor tracks their scent. Owen turns off the lights, and they start traversing the room to get out. Franklin and Zia discover the gas is spreading and is going to get to the dinosaurs and start to kill them. Um, they work on preventing it, but in doing so, the lights come back on. We then got the reflection shot. What I'm talking about is that they're in the display. They're sneaking through a, dis- a dinosaur exhibit display. <clears throat> and so, Ma- so then the lights come back on. Maisie looks at the window in her reflection, then sees the Indoraptor kind of warped with her face. She looks like Venom. It's a it's a cool shot and it, it is it's sort of reminiscent of when the brothers are in the gyrosphere in the last movie and he sees the reflection of the Indominus Rex behind him so it's got a little bit of a callback but I'm I like to be honest a lot of the imagery in this movie is great it's just the script is just a whole thing the, I mean I would have yes the imagery is great the script sucks but like the, what I think sucks about the imagery is the editing like the editing takes all the tension away so these visual moments would work more if the scene played out better like i i wouldn't care if i was watching this story play out like we were still at this house there was still a clone girl running around the indomit the indoraptor was real like i wouldn't care about that stuff if there was a great interesting fun action-packed scene of the indoraptor chasing them if that Good. was so, Alex, I, I, I have a serious about the for you. story. I would enjoy how the scene played out, especially if that entire scene was built around that image of the teeth around her face, or if it built to the image of the dinosaur on the deck when the volcano is happening. But they don't build to those moments. I'm just watching this thing, and I'm like, "Oh, this is edited with crap." Hey, that looked great. Oh, what? No, this looks bad. It was it? Hey, wow, that was awesome. Wait, oh god, what are you doing? Like, where am I? It, I don't have time to talk about the good and the bad. So, so Alex, I have a question for you. If you cut the dialogue completely from this movie and all is left with the score and the imagery, how do you think that would change this movie? 
Uh, I, I would still be able to piece together very early that there's a clone girl running around. <laughs> I would still be pretty clear to me that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard shouldn't be doing what she's doing. And although I would understand Owen was pretty much the same guy, I would still wonder why the hell we left the island so early. And I would be wondering for a very long time what the hell we were doing at this house. And then when the Indoraptor breaks out, maybe, yeah, I would be interested because, like, when he's going after the girl in the bedroom and stuff like that, like, uh, that all kind of looks pretty good and is kind of fun. But, and again, in those contexts, without context, I think some of the scenes could have been played out better. But I feel like there's, like, this should have been a two and a half hour long movie and they cut out a half an hour of it. If I could see what other extra footage was shot, that's what I want. I don't care about the dialogue of the story now. I want to see the scenes in their extended versions. Because I guarantee you, all of these action scenes played out a lot better. I, after watching A Monster's Call and seeing how long he took to make those scenes, which my problem with them is that as great as those and as fun as those scenes are, they're too long. They play out too long. He's, way, he's indulging too much in his style. And although I don't mind how good his style is, at a certain point I'm like, okay, I get it. Okay, like your six-minute song should be four minutes. Whatever, go on. I, I I'll probably watch this again someday and not care because the story won't affect me the same way. But this time, those moments don't breathe at all. He, they've cut a four-minute song into a two-minute song, and I'm like, ah, come on, like, where's the other two minutes? I know they're there somewhere. Open that vault and put them in here. Like, I taking out the dialogue would not make this movie better. Putting in what you took out, I kind of want to see. Especially, especially with this movie being so bad, if they've got another "Let's wipe poop on ourselves" scene, that would be great. Yeah, I, I that scene is stuck in my head. Like seriously, it's stuck. I can't get it out of my head. Leave it, man. Isn't that sexy? Um. Okay, so. The interrupter finds them, stabs Claire in the leg. Stabs Claire in the leg. Big gash. Uh, Maisie escapes. Interrupter follows her upstairs. Escapes through the lawn. She escapes through the laundry chute. She goes back. Goes higher. She goes to bed. Well, that's not gonna go anywhere. I get that she's a kid. But come on. I mean, I, I I get that idea too, but I just would have stayed in the in the dolly. Yeah. I would have stayed in the walls of the house. I would have stayed like I wouldn't have gone up, I guess, but like I get the idea of a kid wanting to go under the covers in her bed. I really do. That yeah, makes sense. I get that too. I, I, I like that idea, but at the same time I don't like the fight I don't like the fact that there's a like I don't like where they are or the, or the reasons why they're there. Like I, I get I get it, but I don't I don't want to be here in the first place. So Owen picks up uh, um, leaves Claire, picks up the Indoraptor gun, and then goes after Maisie. Indoraptor's outside. It opened. Her window. I wrote that in caps. It opened the window. Yes, yes, it did. Stop. 
Stop. Well, it's got to be smarter than the Indominus Rex, man. Yeah, it's made with raptor DNA, don't you know? Call, call, call. Oh, that's what I gotta say about that. Like um, <laughs> so it's about to eat her. Owen, Owen puts a few. Owen comes in, puts in, puts a few rounds in it, um, and uh, interrupter no sells it. Didn't affect him one bit. Turns out that he's out of bullets. Dun, dun, dun. Why would you walk into any situation with five freaking rounds in your assault rifle? It wasn't his. Yeah. I know. Borrowing it from a friend. Yeah, you borrowing it from a friend, bro. Bruh. Don't you know? Uh, I, I was watching... I was watching um, Taken the other day, oh, and uh, there's a great, a great, there's a great moment in Taken where Le- where Liam Neeson is like, "You've been behind a desk for too long, bro. You can't remember the weight of a gun with bullets and the weight of a gun without bullets. You just don't remember." It's kind of like that. Like Owen Wilson didn't really. Uh, I mean, Owen never Owen really dealt. I know. <laughs> wow, dinosaur. Wow, blue. You're really cool. I mean, like a plan. It's gonna be great. <laughs> wow anyway Bryce Dallas Howard and I went on a date and I was an, a macho man about it wow <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, but like in Taken that always really interests me and I feel like in this scene Owen just doesn't really know how many bullets are in his gun really but the other end of that the other thing about Taken is that that movie also has a uh, underground black market auction in it <laughs> That is true. That is true. So, so are you trying to say that Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is the taken of Jurassic Park movies? No, no. No, I'm no, trying to no. say that that doesn't happen in real life. They don't have underground auctions like that. That's just something they do in lazy movies. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Taken's a great movie. I need to watch that again. Um, taken is not that great of a movie. It is so I, you know what? I think Taken is a great movie for what it is. Exactly. Anyway, so it's about to eat that everyone's. Is, so yeah, your decision to make that, I don't agree with it. I uh, I gotta be honest, man. Like, I, if I'm gonna enjoy movies like Stretch or Collateral or something like that, just basic, normal entertainment-based movies that aren't really trying to do something more than entertain you on some level, uh, it's very great for that. It doesn't. It it's great in that it achieves its goal. It's great in how it does that. Is it? a phenomenal, masterful movie? No, but I'm not sitting here judging it the way that, like, Ethan Hawke judges Logan. But Logan Logan is better than your normal superhero movie. It's a superhero movie that strives to be better than that. It does that, and therefore, it's a genuinely great movie. But for him to be like, yeah, it's a great movie, but, like, it's not Bergman or this, and it's like, yeah, but those are art They're striving to be art, and they are great in that they transcend their art and transcend cinema. I think Logan transcends its genre and in, and in turn transcends elements of cinema and in a way becomes a great movie. Not just for what it is, I'm, but in general. you describe Logan as an art? B-movie. I think it's Taken is like a, a, a really solid B-movie. I mean, would you describe Logan as art based on what it's trying to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Like, I, there are movies that have artistry in them, and then there are movies that are art, and then there are movies that are art film. Logan is art for the sheer fact that it's trying to entertain you while also saying something. That's what art is. You are entertained by looking at it. You like it for some reason. There's some reason I enjoy looking at Van Gogh. But he's also trying to say something in his art, and that's that there's beauty in everything. And if you can walk away with that, you've walked away with some understanding of art. Art says something about the content that it's presenting. Like, Logan is saying something about violence. It's saying something about parentage. It's saying something about not being what you think you are. society wants you to be. Fighting against your better urges, and more importantly, not handing your worst demons down to your next generation. Like, those things are Western ideas through and through, and that's why it's more so than anything a Western uh, uh, outside of a superhero movie. But it is actually trying to say something through its performances, through its story, and through its visuals. Like, there are actual visuals in that movie that are showing you and telling you something if you think about them. Not to say that that's not Bergman, absolutely, because the whole point of a Bergman movie is that you're supposed to try and think about every single image. And even if that image is not telling you the exact thing that you're getting from it, you're going to get a million other things from it. That's an art film. Eraserhead is an art film, but Eraserhead still is a funny movie. There's still an entertaining aspect to it if you don't understand it as art and you're just like, how did this ever get made? There are some entertaining factors of it, but more importantly than anything, it's an art film. Does it surpass itself as an art film and can be enjoyed in something else? Absolutely, that transcendence is there. I think it's in Logan, and I think the fact that Ethan Hawke is trying to compare it to art films, he should just get his head out of his ass. I think Taken is the kind of movie that is a B-movie, solid, come home, you don't want to think, and be entertained, and a lot of people spend a lot of time making Liam Neeson look cool, kicking a bunch of people's asses. And you cannot tell me, you can't tell me, Zach, that when yep. you watch that movie and he says that speech after his daughter gets kidnapped on the phone, that you aren't in it. I, I'm telling you, every time I watch that scene in that movie and he makes that speech, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's Liam Neeson making it and he's a genuinely good actor, that scene has an impact. It has a moment. It makes sense. It, just, it doesn't make you think about the state of Eastern Germany or France or how people should actually treat their kids when they go to Europe, but it does put you in the position of what it's like to be a father, and then elevates it by going, this guy can actually do something, and we're about to go see him do it. That's great. That's awesome. That's way better than, oh, I don't know, Taken 3. Well, Taken 3 is a mess of a movie. Taken 3 is a piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> Explicit. Taken um... on the other hand is very well done. For what it is. It is. It okay. is a bad Back to Willow. Hashtag, Hashtag Willow. Back to Willow. So Owen's out of bullets after firing like five or six shots into the uh, Indoraptor. Um, but then Blue kicks down the door mm-hmm. for the save. They dun, fight. Dun, dun, dun. They fight. Got more twists and turns in this movie than there needs to be. Um, I know, especially when I see them all coming. Owen. <laughs> wait, where did I write it? Wait, 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 wait. Did I skip over it? No. What? No, 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 no. Did I skip over it? Skip over. I don't what? know what it is. 
Hold on. Hold on. Oh my god. Did you I describe think, it? I think I I think I skipped over it. When did Oh my goodness, I did skip over it. We need to go backwards. Go back to when the Indoraptor first gets loose. Okay. Yeah, you got. Yeah, I'm not surprised because I don't have the movie in front of me. I'm not. I'm not spending twenty dollars on it. Well, I did. Bad. So, rip me. Why? Um, I'm glad because I'm glad you did because we talked about it enough and we watched all these movies and seeing them once at the end of this really is fun. But I've already seen it. I already know what I'm getting. I'm not going to spend twenty dollars on owning it. I even talked my father out of it. He's like, "Let's watch it." I'm like, "You're not going to like it. You're going to think it's dumb, and you're not going to get it." Like, you're going to forget things. It's just, it's a bad movie. See, I'm probably thinking about, like, buying Infinity War pretty quick here now. Okay. Infinity War is totally worth it. Okay. okay. Yeah. I... We need, this is, this is the moment. This is it the is? moment that we've been building to, and I skipped over it. I cannot believe I still don't know me. So go back to after the Indoraptor kills Everstall. In the elevator. And everybody else in the elevator. Eli finds the hero. the Owen, Claire, and Maisie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is my favorite moment. Yeah. I've, I don't need to say exactly what he said verbatim. This is what I wrote in my notes, in caps, <laughs> what he essentially said. About it. Maisie <laughs> is... You're jerk about it. Maisie is a cologne. Dun, dun, dun. He, like, looks her dead in the face. He looks at both of them. He's like, she's worth the millions, man. You know how much money we spent on her? You're a clone, little girl. You're a, like, she's a clone. He's such a dick about it. And then, like, the little girl is hearing this for the first time. Like, she's getting it in her head. And then immediately someone gets eaten in front of her. And they just, they just skirt over it. Like... They just don't eat, like, her life is ruined forever now. We've been watching this little girl, Nancy Drew, throughout this movie, only to watch her have the most traumatic thing in her life occur in front of us for entertainment purposes. This is the worst kept secret in movie history. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. But no, 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 no. Is Hear me out. The most useless secret cat like you keep it all you want like belate it all you no, want here's the but thing the only reason to keep it is for two reasons a to traumatize the hell out of her and then have her make the button pushing decision at the end of this movie fine but it was not worth it here's the thing here is the thing i alluded back to this earlier she's a clone again yeah lockwood had lockwood had a daughter that daughter died. He now has a granddaughter. Where did the granddaughter come from? It's never explained. That's why I knew right away. Well, because there the are thing. only so many no, options. No, no, no. That's the thing. We don't know when the mother died. She could have grown up to be a full-fledged adult woman. And people could have been like, well, you don't have your daughter around, but, like, if she died and then a daughter showed up, he could have been like, well, she had one with some dude, and we just kind of kept it secret, and we never made a big deal out of it. 
But if she was ever an adult when she died, then it doesn't matter. My God. Um, so, yeah. This is... Just and here's the thing. She's part dino too, isn't she? Because they had to use the dino no. DNA. Nope. nope. Then why was the reflection shot there? That doesn't make any sense. The reflection shot there is not to imply that she's part dinosaur. It's just a cool shot with that around her face. That's the implication that I got from that shot because she's a clone. Uh, that they, I think you're overthinking that. No, I don't think that. The movie, because we we also put the idea of dino people in your mind. No, she's not part dino. <laughs> no, 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 no. Even without that context. Even without that context, you could still extrapolate that she was, no. she, yeah, yeah. Why no. would they have the reflection shot? Because that does, because it's a cool shot. It's a cool shot to see. T Why did they have no, the reflection too simple. shot too simple. the last movie? Too simple. Cool shot that's it she's trying to hide this behind not, the glass those are two different shots away with it. those are no, two I'm sorry, different shots no, they are not trying to say that if they were trying to say they that had... then the actual then the actual ability for her then that would have to have something to happen like they would either I'm, I'm sorry no she has to have something in her that's part dinosaur that affects the story like if she's part dinosaur she's got to like have a long tongue or have a weird eye. Or Alex, do you remember how dumb like, this movie is? She's got to be hidden from people, not because she's a clone, but because she's also maybe disfigured in some way, or she has some kind of X-Men superpower. But no, they can already genetically alter dinosaurs and make clones out of them, which means they use that to make a person. That If that's, the, if that's their way to go into there's going to be dino people, sure, and if they wanted to make her part dinosaur... I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been bothered by that. The very fact that she's a clone in general is what is, is what amazes me. Now, because you don't need more than that. You just need her to be genetically altered in a test tube, like these other dinosaurs, for her to press that button. You she's don't a need test her to tube, baby. That. No, no, they, no. The they implied she's part dinosaur. You have, to, you have to understand, Chris. We don't live in a world that has clones. We've never cloned a human ever. The very fact that they can genetically make dinosaurs based off their DNA is interesting because they have to take from other creatures to do it. That's the semblance of understanding we have to get for them to even produce dinosaurs. For them to walk up and be like, oh, we can clone people just so we can get to the point of saying that we can make clones of dinosaurs. That's a huge leap. That's why I think this movie is insane to say right off the bat that they can clone people now. And not only that, they've been able to clone people for decades even around the time that the first Jurassic Park happened, that's insane. That's insane. Listen, but no, I don't think there's any indication in that shot or anywhere in this movie that she is part dinosaur okay, at okay, all. Okay, okay. We had the photo of the daughter when she was in the laundry chute after she figured out that Lockwood was dead. Okay. She looks exactly that like... Was yes, that was her daughter. It looked exactly like that's Macy. He grew, he grew her and she's growing like a normal person. That's it. She's a test tube baby. That's it. She's not a part dinosaur. They don't need dinosaur DNA to make people. They need other animals to make dinosaurs. They have everything they need to make a human. That that They don't need dinosaurs for that. They I can't just need be alone. people. I can't be alone in this. No, I'm sorry, dude. I don't know. I don't. Let me put it this way. You may not be the only person who believes that she is part dinosaur 
because of the genetics and the science of this movie and the other movies, but there's not one person that I know or, or period that would think that just because there's a reflection of her and the Indoraptor in that window, that that is the hint. No, no. It's just a cool shot of teeth on a face. That's it. Yeah. Uh... No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I disagree. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. Like, I'm, I do, I wholeheartedly disagree with you. There's no, no. sign in that movie. That's listen, no. listen. No, 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 no. Nope. Tell me, Chris. How does it make sense that they would need dino material to make a human? They've got everything they need to make a human. They don't even have everything they need to make a dinosaur. Listen. Oh God, dude. This. Listen. There's no reptilian. I'm not arguing that doesn't make any sense. This whole movie doesn't make any sense, okay? That's that's, my point. This whole movie doesn't make any sense. Therefore, they could do whatever they want. They included that shot. Her face matched the dino's head perfectly. And we already know she's a clone because we saw the photo in the journal, okay? Nope. Let me put it this way. They're not – at the very least, you could say this. They're not saying that she's part dino – but they are saying, at the very least, that she is the same as them, as a genetically altered thing. Like, we that's the point of the movie. There. Do these genetically altered things, are they things? Are they property? Are they products? Or are they actual living things that have consciousness? Like, that's that's the thing. But, like, not that she's part dinosaur, but that is she even a human for the sheer fact that she was produced in general? Like that, not that she's part dinosaur, but that she is like the dinosaurs in the fact that she is artificial. That's it. But not that she is part dinosaur. It doesn't. You don't need dinosaur stuff to make a human. It just you don't. That shot confused the hell out of me, and I can't be the only one. Okay. I I I can see how other people may think that she is dino based off the science of these movies. But I guarantee you, nobody looked at that shot and was like, she's part dinosaur. There's not. There's no reason for it. There's no point in the story. There's no there's, reason there's, for this entire They didn't even say it. Why would they not say it? Why there's would no they not reason say for the volcano. There's no reason why they don't go to Sorna. God. Well, yeah, obviously, because this movie's stupid, and they won't admit it. That's a my clone point. clone is a trick. The very fact that they have a clone of a person just... Just a clone. Not that she's part dinosaur. That 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 would have to be explained. It would have to be explained. There, there's no reason for them to use dinosaur parts to make a human being. The only reason that they mesh the dinos and the people in the sales script is because they're trying to make soldiers. They're trying to make people strong enough. He didn't try to make the daughter anything more than his daughter. He just wanted to make his daughter. So at the very least, they had everything they needed to make a person, including his daughter's DNA. Not only that, if they needed anything else, it would be things that we are genetically close to. And we are not genetically close to birds or dinosaurs. We're genetically close to monkeys and mammals. And those things, like chimpanzees, are the closest thing to what people are. You need that, you need that DNA. You can't really make a person out of a dinosaur without there being dinosaur effects or reptilian stuff to her, which would make sense why they hide her or they wouldn't do anything, but the real reason he's hiding her are two things. A, he wanted to keep his daughter, and B, he knew how expensive it would be or that she would be turned into an experiment if someone actually found out that they could clone humans. That's the point. That's what they're going to do in the next movie. Oh, you can clone people now, and we can make dinosaurs? Let's make a people dinosaur. But the very fact that they don't know, like, 
they've just introduced the fact that they can make people. You have to introduce that fact before you can say you can make both of them. But I also don't think that there's anything in this movie, anything at all, that says she's part dinosaur. They're just saying she's a clone. They're just saying that she's a genetically altered, identical person. There's no need to put dinosaur in there at all. Like, you don't need dinosaur to make a person when you have all the materials to make a person. Whatever. Whatever. So, this film has done everything else and confused and just ruined I would, all of the continuity in any form of that. sense. Which So it wouldn't surprise me if that's what they were actually insinuating with that shot is what I am trying to say. It would not surprise me. I don't think they are. I just think they're trying to do... I, try, I think they're trying to say that she's like them and the fact that she's artificially made, at the least. Other than that, I think they just wanted to have a cool shot of a dinosaur's teeth around her face. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Willow. Freaking back to Willow. Yeah. Hashtag back to Willow. It yeah. opened her bedroom window. It's about to eat her. <laughs> Owen puts in a few rounds. The dinosaur no-sells it. He's out of ammo now. It doesn't make any sense. The dude is an idiot. The dude before he... Before the... Uh, whatever. Blue comes in for the save. They fight. Owen and Macy escape outside in the rain. Um, they're traversing the the exterior of the um, estate. And then the interruptor launches from a window. There's no Blue. I don't know where, he, I don't know where she went off to. Um, they're on a fragile <laughs> skylight. The, they're now hanging off the, the owning uh, Maisie are hanging off the edge, but then Claire comes in with the Indoraptor rifle. That's right. You heard me right. She, on basically one leg, because she has a hole in her leg, managed to limp yes, all the way yes, upstairs. Yes. She limped all the way upstairs, grabbed the gun, followed them the exact same way they went, and then... On one freaking leg! Um, yeah. Okay, she aims the laser pointer at Owen. Triggers the signal. The Indoraptor jumps at him. He evades, and then it breaks through the... Um, the, the... The sky... The, the, the... Whatever. It breaks through the glass. And almost lands on Horn's down below of a triceratops bone but it climbs back up it didn't work blue then comes in tackles it into the um the horns down below and uh blue survives and the interruptor is dead so much for that yep yeah the indominus rex was better in that it lived longer what a freaking geek Indoraptor. i like the indominus rex for the sheer fact that it did more damage and it can camouflage. Did you know it could swap faces too? Um, <laughs> it was also played by Nick Cage. Yes. Um, <laughs> so Franklin and Zia uh, come get Claire, Owen, and uh, Maisie. We then go to the prison lab. Dinos are dying from the gas. Claire opens all the cell doors. Owen warns her this may not be a good idea to set them free. There's one door left. It's the big door that's going to lead them outside. And Claire hesitates. Owen warns her again. She says she can't watch them die. Then she can't do it. She can't press the button. So the dinos are about to bite it. Yeah. Wink. Um, uh. 
Pun intended. I wrote this in caps. Maisie opens the door. She pressed the button. She released. Now, here's the thing about this. Like, I understand why, like, story structurally, that's the reason you brought this girl in the movie. She's a a genetically altered thing. She is the one who makes the decision as to whether or not these genetically altered things deserve to live. She lives, and she's conscious of it, and now she's conscious of how she was made. She still has a life and can affect things. She's still a living thing. All of that is fine. Um, But she will forever be known as the person who set dinosaurs loose on humanity. Um... You suck, little girl, and you probably have caused the death of many, many people, uh, period. So she's going to have to live forever with the guilt of every single, every single living thing that is eaten or destroyed by those dinosaurs, period. She will forever live with that guilt. Like, that is insane. Why would you, yeah. why would you traumatize a little girl and then put her in a position where she will forever feel guilt for that? Period. That's... That is mind boggling. I wrote down her quote. I had to. They're alive. Like me. Yeah. It makes sense why she would do it. It doesn't make sense why you would put that on a little girl. She will regret that as an adult, I guarantee you. (laughs) Yeah. This is the worst summer blockbuster I've probably ever seen. Um, the thing that I've seen that's as bad as this, I think I don't think I've seen anything as bad as this um, since Amazing Spider-Man Two. I think that's the last time. And the thing is, I don't find that movie to be entertaining in its badness. I think there, like, the genuine chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone is there. Sure, and that's fun to watch, but. That's it. The, the, the story is terrible. It's, it's production and execution is terrible, and the main character is a dick. Uh, and it's not a fun watch. I think there's an element to this movie that I can enjoy for its sheer insanity when I compare it to the scope and field of the other Jurassic Park movies. Um, but I don't think I've seen anything this bad and poorly executed and just insane of an idea in a long time. So, <clears throat> Eli and the last two guards are loading up outside until the stampede of dinosaurs are unleashed on the main are unleashed on the mainland um, of the U.S. So everyone in the U.S. is dead. Um, one dude gets picked up by a bird dino. The other dude gets smashed by a triceratops. Uh, Eli is eaten by the T. Rex after almost being smashed by a car. <clears throat> Um, I really, oh, yeah, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a cool kill. It's the only real good kill in the movie. Yeah, so the uh, the T-Rex and the Devil Dino uh, teamed up on him. The Carnotaurus. Listen, it had two horns. It was red, and that's all I can equate it to. Okay, so. Yeah, Carnotaurus. I don't know dinos. I only know X-Wings and TIE Fighters. So, they're all free I, now. I know dinosaurs. And surfing penguins. Call it what it is. It's a Carnotaurus. I'm gonna car your Taurus. Um, right, you're gonna. <laughs> so, they're all free now. So, Blue shows up. Owen asks her to come with, but she sees the cage and follows the other dinos. 
Okay. Wow. Yeah. She's more human Again, than humans. Blue, exactly. Blue's the only consistent character. Blue looked at its past life and was like, "Nope, no thank you," because that's all Blue knows. Even with him, even with Owen there, she knows that. Uh, that's that is a consistent character. Granted, it's the exact same moment at the end of the last movie, but okay. So, Ian Malcolm says he was right all along. Dinos start running rampant. We then get the Mosasaurus um, uh, eating a surfer, so at least we know one person died. We also saw the T-Rex roaring against the lions, and that lion's definitely dead. Um, We then get the line, Welcome to Jurassic World! Yeah. Now, if if the next movie... Blue could talk, and they just remade Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I would be so in. Yeah. Now that would be funny. Uh, but yes, like that, the fact that all of this was leading to dinosaurs being free, um, that's insane. Dinos! Together! Strong! Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, it's not that I think that idea is stupid. The series should have always led to that point, but I didn't want to follow this story to get there. The story of like a remake of the second movie for 30 minutes and then uh, an hour of something, an hour and a half of something that I just don't even fully understand and is stupid and really annoying just so these dinosaurs can get free. No, thank you. That was not fun. It would be like, hey, Alex, let's go to Disney World uh, where there's going to be nothing but tiny people there for you to laugh at. And uh, enjoy like like inch size people like falling off rides and stuff. I'd be like, that's insane. And I kind of want to watch that. And they'd be like, great. You have to get through this through this bike that uh, you can only maneuver through a pole that goes up your butt. I'd be like, oh no, thank you. So blue overlooks suburbia and a sunset. Roll credits. I didn't even grade it. I just wrote down WTF with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty good accurate thing. Um, I'm gonna, I, I would give this movie. Um, the thing is, I really like some of the visuals, uh, and I really like that. The, I, I, I like some of the look of this movie. If, if other, it, it just sort of like shows what you can do with CGI in a lot of ways that I really liked. And, and there are some great animatronics in there still. Um, uh, when they're trying to get the blood from the T Rex, that's like a full fledged puppet, and it, it's pretty cool. Um. So I don't want to give it an F. Like a lot, like there, there, there's some great <clears> behind the scenes that Chris Pratt made during the production of this film, and all he does is walk up to people who have jobs that no one ever knows about in film, and he interviews them, like the makeup person or the people who drive specific trucks that uh, are are turned into the gyosphere, or like script supervisors. Like he spends a good five minutes interviewing these people so that you kind of get an idea of how many people it takes to make a movie. And it seems like to a certain degree they were having a good time and they were enjoying the process of making it without really stopping to think of how stupid it was, which makes me think that there's probably a half an hour of this movie that we haven't seen or are not ever going to see. But I would probably give it a D. D. Maybe maybe a C- minus if I was really... Like, if I was on, like, some hallucinetic drug and I loved everyone and everything, maybe I would give this a C. 
But even that case, I like would snap at and be like, this movie's stupid. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, uh, Mushroom, who's talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, even the, in that case, I'd be watching this and be like, no, you don't. This, no, this isn't a direct. This is the worst Jurassic Park movie. It's the worst out of all of them. Yeah, by far. It's worse than three. It's and, yeah. so much worse than yeah. three. It's insane. Movie's nuts. Oh my god. I honestly don't know how this got made. <laughs> how the script got made. Obviously the behind the scenes showed me all the people making it. No, I don't understand how this script got made. Like, like that's my point. Like, Spielberg wasn't really paying attention to the John Sales thing. And then when he started paying attention to it, he was like, no. A park that's functional, a dinosaur gets on the loose, that's all you need. You don't need anything more, guys. Don't get fancy on this with one movie. And it, and they was like, if you want to get there, you got to guide my hand there with a couple other movies. But he Take knew me to right dinner first. Put too much insane crap in there, people are not going to accept it. And watching people not buy this movie and the Rotten Tomatoes store score going lower and lower and lower is proof of that. Oh, man. What a ride. Yeah. What a ride. It's insane. It's just insane. I I couldn't... It's so mind-boggling. I couldn't even grade it. I just... That's I, how I, weird I, this I, I is. I was man. Like, when I saw this, I was shocked. I was shocked. I still am. I don't get it. Like, I don't. I don't get it, man. Like, this is this is the opposite of Mad Max or Baby Driver or movies that I walked away from and I was like, this is amazing. I don't know how this got made. Everyone needs to see it. You're never going to stop me from thinking this is a great, amazing movie. I'm going to hype to the day I die. This is the opposite. I don't know. I, I watched this and I'm like, I'm not hyperpooling, guys. This is insane. Just right. insane. Absolutely mind-boggling blockers. And with that, that concludes our Jurassic World series. We made it. So, uh, what, what's, uh, what's your ranking for them? I know we started with rankings at the beginning, oh, but dude, I would come on. say one is best, then two, then four, then three, then this. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I think three is an, is an enjoyable ride, but I think the action in four is better. I think the set piece of watching... The nurse die or the Indominus Rex like break apart the birds and the birds go on everybody. I think the last fight's okay. Like I could watch half an hour of that movie without any context of the story and have a great time with that with that stuff. And it's enough for me to go, okay. The third movie is a boring story, but I do think that there's like uh, by the end of the by like two thirds of the movie, I'm in it and I get it. And Sam Neil helps and the music helps and the vibe of an adventure helps. And then the bird thing happens, and I'm like, okay, I'm watching a Jurassic Park movie full on. But I never felt once, well, okay, I felt one moment, one shot, where I was watching a Jurassic Park movie. And that was the brontosaurus at the end of the deck. But that's it. Like, the moment does not sail the way it should in people's hearts. People should have walked away from that movie and been like, that brontosaurus, like, oh my god, like, Jurassic Park, jeez, that's it. But, like, I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great moment, but then she should have been caught on that boat. Yeah. So, 
We got a wheel to spin. Yes, we do. Now, did we decide good or bad? I think we decided good. We decided good. Okay. <laughs> After this, I'd like... Go ahead. What was that, Alex? After this, I'd, after these last three movies, I'd like a good one. Okay. Um, yeah. Has anybody thought of a recommendation for the good wheel? Hmm, I uh, had an idea like three weeks ago, and I forgot it. <laughs> same. I had an idea. I, I, I lost my idea. Uh, oh, have mercy. Um, uh, let me see. Yeah, for a second. Um, we were thinking about. I know Dread's on the back burner. A, a Scorsese, right? We were thinking about a Scorsese a little bit. The Departed, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, we did. Mm. We just we uh we were thinking about the Departed. I would yeah. like I would like to re up the de- the Departed. <clears throat> I think it's a good entrance into Scorsese. Yeah, um, I agree with the Departed. I think it's a good entrance. It's not great, um, in my opinion, but I do think it's a very fun, interesting crime movie that well, I think. Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on. Hold your horses what? here, Mr. Alex. What? It's uh, not a- uh, why not Goodfellas? Because I don't like Goodfellas. Well, you're a butt. Now, there's a difference <laughs> between saying that Goodfellas is a good or great movie and not liking it. Like, I just, I've never, I'm not a big machismo mob kind of guy. I mean, I you know what? Like because it's Chris, and I know that, like, Chris won't want to watch, like, a Scorsese movie that's just filled to the brim with swearing and blood and everything. Oh, cool. stop. Hugo. Hugo. Dude, he likes Hardcore Henry. I, I know. Hugo. No, violence in language is not the problem, I think, for Chris. I think the I think the problem with Goodfellas is the reason I don't get into it, too, is it's so much about that life. It's so much about the machismo of being a man. And all this stuff, I'm just not about it. Whereas I think Departed takes that idea and is a more fun and entertaining with it. B totally skewers it way better, and B um, he's going to know those actors better. It's going to have way more of a modern take to it in terms of entering in him into the idea. Because here's the thing: there are like four or five Scorsese movies that are like Goodfellas and like that, including The Departed, where it's just a bunch of men doing things. as men and machismo and stuff like that. I I think that Departed is a better entrance into that world and I think Goodfellas is like the pinnacle of that idea because there's also like Casino and a bunch of other ones and I don't really want to get him into the demiracizing bull stuff yet. Uh, But then there's also The Aviator which I would think would be a very good entrance too. It's about old Hollywood, about Howard Hughes. It's a great... Well, I was going to say, if we're going to talk about The Aviator and going to talk about Hollywood then why not talk about Hugo? It's, It's literally a movie about film. Yeah, I mean, I but love Hugo. Bad. Do not get me wrong. I think Hugo... Have you ever seen Hugo, Chris? Uh, bits and pieces. I know Asa Butterfield's in it. It It is a really good movie. It's a... It's a. It's probably Sasha Baron Cohen's best movie, honestly. Movie. It's like there's nothing... I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it. I do love talking about it. I think it's beautiful at times. Yeah, but I think... like Just like Tarantino, that's not really who Scorsese is. Uh, and eventually I want to get him into the idea of who he is with better entrance pieces to what, like, his style as Flash and Pan is and what he can do. Because, like, I re- eventually want to get him into, like, Pull and Taxi Driver and Wolf of Wall Street and maybe, if I can, Last Temptation of Christ. 
Wait, you know what we talked about? I remember what we were talking about now. Alex, I remember the suggestion we, we had. Okay. Uh, my suggestion. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was Dogma. Oh, yeah. We were talking about Dogma. And I, I never watched like, that yeah, trailer. You know, I, I Gosh, dang it. Over uh, Departed. Yeah, I want to watch Dogma, man. Let's put Dogma on. Dogma? Oh god! All Here's right. the thing about Dogma: yeah. it's a great entrance into Kevin Smith as like what I don't really want. I mean, I really only want to watch two Kevin Smith movies on this thing. Yeah, it's Dogma uh, and Clerks. It's like Dogma like, and Clerks. Yeah, that's it. Like Kevin Smith. Paul Rats is fine, but like, but like Rats is fine, but it's a fine comedy. I don't really yeah. know if I want to sit down and talk about Mall Rats. Yeah, you if talk about, sit down and talk the about like two you talk about is like Dogma and Clerks. That's it. But like, but Clerks is a genuine movie to talk about in terms of what you can do with like. $50,000 and how yeah. you can make a really small movie big. Uh, and Dogma, I think, is a I think is a funny, it's his smartest movie in terms of blending comedy and themes, and I also think that it's a very interesting theme that I would like to see his reaction to. I don't think it makes fun of religion. No, no actually, I think it makes fun opposite. of organized religion, but I don't think it makes fun of faith. I think, if anything, it, it uh, hopes faith. It is a, it's about faith. It's about the resurgence of faith and the and the importance of it in your life, no matter whether you believe in Catholicism or anything else. Also, there's a poop uh, monster. The actual idea of religion is what it's making fun of more than anything. Also, there's a poop monster. <laughs> also, there's a poop monster. Also, are we talking? Have no dick. Are we talking? Wait, poop monster. Are we talking dogma or conquers bad fur day? No, we're talking oh, about both. <laughs> okay. We're talking about dogma. Okay. There's a poop monster in a strip club. Yep. Dogma then. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. The, I would I'm actually like to put Dogma on there. I think you would have a good time watching it. I think you would not. I think you would watch it and go, "What the hell did I watch?" And then we would talk about it with you, and then you would actually see what maybe a lot of people see in it. Because again, this is this was made by a guy who makes a lot of really disgusting comedies, but he's a Catholic himself. He's been very. Uh, he did a lot of research for this movie. The poop monster, by the way, is from the Bible. It's an actual demon made of poop that comes from the Bible, and that's why he used it. Like. He did a lot of research just to be able to pull this movie off, but then it's really funny because a lot of the movie is just kind of a stupid comedy about faith. All right, fine. Yep. Dogma. Deal. All right. Movies on this list as of right now are Looper. Yep. Never Ending Story. Okay. Yeah, I do like that one. The Incredibles. Yep. Surf's Up. This has changed quite a bit since I last. Well, okay, so I don't want to sound like a jerk, but don't you think we should move Incredibles over to the the series wheel since nope. there's a second one? Minimum of okay. three. There's only two. Okay. I mean, if I, I, I will probably try and see if I can watch. It's the same thing with Surf's Up. Like, I'm probably going to watch the sequel to Surf's Up after I watch Surf's Up. I don't have to, but I'm probably going to. Okay, so Looper, Never Ending Story, The Incredibles, Surf's Up. Treasure Planet. Yep, my favorite. That's and let me underrated. be clear, guys. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. After, if we do hit Treasure Planet, <clears throat> I wanted another one of my forty-minute. You know, uh, how do I put it? My my forty-minute uh, uh, lectures because there's About a how Disney tried to screw over its best animated directing duo. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I actually think that that's a very. I think that's a really incredibly interesting story. Yeah. yeah. I, I. I don't mind you. I don't mind you doing that because I want other people to know what happened there too. 
That is a that is worth a forty minute lectern <laughs> by Zach. <laughs> and and with Jurassic World, I proved I can pull it off and not go overboard. Okay. Tin Tin. Love it. Hardcore Henry. Okay. Heat. Okay. Well, I thought we already watched Heat. Nope. Oh. No, no, we no, we did not watch it, but we did put it on there. Okay. The Way of the Gun. And after following, okay. I am curious. Okay. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. It's not. It's very, very good. It has great moments in it. It kind of slows down in the middle, and it has a very abrasive opening. But I think you guys are going to be very impressed at what McGuire's first film was, and now where he is now. Okay. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yep. Love it. Pulp Fiction. Love, Love it. it. The Big Lebowski. The Big Very Lebowski. Your take on that? I, I, I'm really gonna be interested to see how you feel about that. I also kind of have not a 40 minute lecture, but kind of a fun personal story about the Big Lebowski. I just can't wait to. That's, the Coen Brothers are one of, if not the best. I usually have an argument with people who I think are the greatest living American contemporary directors now. I think they I, might be the best. Yeah, I have some fun Coen Brothers stories for you guys that I think you guys will like. <laughs> to start watching more Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, I think you guys will like it a lot because there's some fun Coen Brothers stories I have. Uh, and these are like legit like family stories involving the brothers. And I think it's kind of crazy. Are they are Minnesota boys. Well, not only are they Minnesota boys, but they're family friends of mine. Okay. Nice. Labyrinth. Love it. And finally, Speed. Okay. I love Speed. Yeah. Speed is a, a taken to me. It's very. It's a classic. It's a great movie for what it is. Okay. So let's roll. All right. Ready? Yeah. E. Bart. Uh, I can't even see it. <gasps> oh my god. What is it? The next movie we're going to be reviewing for the Maestro Movie Podcast is... Speed. Oh Yay! Speed. It's such a good summer movie and summer's just about over. <laughs> I think summer's like fully over. I am so happy. Oh, dude, like, it's still pretty hot outside. It's still yeah. pretty hot outside. Anyways, so we're replacing Speed with Dogma. Yeah. Alright. Nice. I yeah. love Speed. I can't wait to talk about Jan DeBont. I can't wait. This was my this movie has a very special place in my heart. I wouldn't love movies if it wasn't for this movie. Ooh, I like Gabby Speed. So I've definitely watched this movie a couple times. I had such a crush on Sandra Bullock. Many people in my life say if there's any celebrity I look like, it's Keanu Reeves, and I'm always like, "Yeah, man, I love Speed." Yeah, if you had hair. <laughs> nope, he doesn't have hair in that movie, buddy. Mm. That's brutal. So, well, um, yeah. anywho, but mostly they just say that I look like him because I have a mailbox that can go back in time two years. Okay, so. Speed. Don't we know the lake house? 
Wait, what? What, what, what? what were you referencing? I'm sorry. You've never heard of the lake house? The lake house. The lake house is a romantic movie about Keanu Reeves, starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, where um, he is a guy who buys a house, and uh, it had it used oh, to be owned by so Sandra familiar. Bullock. Their mailbox tr- goes back in time for them. Like he writes a letter, and it goes back in time for her, and then he starts to like manipulate their relationship so that they can meet each other finally. Sounds and there's like a, a great joke movie. in Family Guy. There's a really great joke in Family Guy where they reference that movie, and instead of mailing a letter, he just sticks his he just sticks his dick in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> So, Speed is the next movie on the wheel. We spun and Dogma it. has... Dogma has taken its place, and so now Dogma is in the frame. So, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a heck of a movie, dude. I think you'll, you'll, you'll like Dogma. I think... Dogma is the kind of movie that I want to get you interested in, Chris, and that is um, films that use religion to kind of present something interesting which is why i think last temptation of christ is something i'd want to show you eventually one day because they're i I like films that are made by like silence silence is a film that does that too maybe three hours long but it's about faith it's about priests trying to survive in a land where they could be murdered at any moment like i i'd love films made by catholics or christians who um have no problem using art to explore their faith and that dogma is a prime a prime example of how you can do that but be funny at the same time and it's why so i feel if it's any help if it's any help chris it has ben affleck matt damon alan rickman sama haddock chris rock jason lee like a Port whole Harley. bunch yeah jason Hughes, Kevin Smith. what george carlin alanis morissette yeah i mean like this this cast is stacked dude like straight stacked like kevin kevin smith had made only two movies he made three movies up to that point um one of them was really well accepted another one was not and then the other one his third one uh was kind of iffy i think it's a good film but i think its themes haven't aged very well but people read dogma and they understood that there was something special here also, I, I would like to point out, Chris, and this is something you should actually genuinely know. Kevin Smith's the guy who put Ben Affleck on the map. Nah. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't, I don't know if he put him on the map. He certainly, he'd only been in one other movie uh, with uh, Kevin Smith. And then he'd also been in Daisy and by that point. Real movie Richard that he was later in. the person who really actually kind of utilized Ben Affleck properly first, yeah. and that was way back in 1994. And he'd already been in like School Ties by that point too. Well, yeah, um, like his two movies prior to that were Dazed and Confused and School Ties, and then he was just kind of in stuff. He was like in some random stuff, but like Mallrats was like his first like real movie, I would say. No, Daisy Confused is his first real movie. I, I mean, people knew about that before. But like, here's the thing that I find really interesting about Ben Affleck is the amount of like small stuff he did. My, what, my favorite thing that nobody ever did, and I always wanted, was I used to watch this show called The Turkelsons, and it was on Disney Channel. Only lasted two seasons, um, and it's just, it's just a thing that I knew as a kid. And so my sister and I went back to it uh, last year, 
to watch it. And there's a there's a point in that show in the second season where the main girl goes out with two different high school people, uh, not in the same episode, but in two different episodes. And the two people that she goes out with are Ben Affleck and Jared Leto. <laughs> and I That's was like, why wrong. didn't anyone make a little like fun video about those two guys with that girl and then, then like being Batman and Joker later? It would have been great. But they never did it. But, like, Ben Affleck did a lot of small stuff in the early 90s. And that was back in, like, 1992. So he was around for a while. But the person who put Ben Affleck on the map really was Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, they made themselves stars. They were just around. Even then, Matt Damon had already been in, like, Courage Under Fire with Meg Ryan and stuff. Like, they, he'd already been in The Rainmaker with Francis Ford Coppola. Both of them had been around. But Ben Affleck made himself a star <laughs> with... Goodwill Hunting. I still think that at, at that point, Goodwill Hunting was the best thing that he had ever done. Like, even now, it's up there with some of the best things Ben Affleck has ever done. But I, I it, Dogma came after Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. And Dogma's. Well, uh, Dogma against, makes fun of Goodwill Hunting quite a bit, which is kind of ironic. No, no, no. Jane Silent Bob makes fun of Goodwill Hunting quite a bit. Yeah. It kind of does. It does, doesn't it? Because they do Goodwill Hunting too, right? And it's just for a yep, that's food right. Cash with a shotgun. <laughs> um, no, I think Dogma actually utilizes what made uh, some of the best scenes between them and Goodwill Hunting great. I think the relationship between Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Dogma is really good, especially the scene three fourths in the movie when Ben Affleck starts to have his turn. Then he starts to have that great monologue in the uh, parking garage. And then it goes even further when he gets to the end and their and their relationship starts to turn. Uh, it gets really interesting. And I think he's actually great in that. Yeah. Especially when he's doing the monologue towards the end. I I really like Dogma. I, I don't think the lead actress holds up and she has Went been known to be you know? not a very nice person in Hollywood. So she doesn't really work anymore. Linda but ain't on that set. Like, even Alan Rickman was like, nobody liked her on that set. She was just a jerk. But And I think she's the weakest part of the movie for being the lead. It sucks. But everyone else, including the actual film itself, are really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because during that movie, that was when Jason Mewes was like going heavy in, in like the drug issues and everything. And he nailed that, that role hard. Yeah. Uh, and, th and this is going to be your first entrance into Jay and Silent Bob. And they're crazy, and it's awesome. Well, if it... Um... I think in this, they hold up better. I think in their first few movies, they hold up better. They they are understood properly in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And then, you know what? Clerks 2. I'm going to put it on there. Clerks 2 is actually really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Dogma is the kind of movie that I think understands faith uh, and the stupidity of organized religion uh, better than a lot of other films. Huh? I, I just I want you to see it because I think you can have a good laugh out of it, but also I don't want you to walk in and think that this is making fun of Christianity or the or the idea of believing in God. Uh, if anything, it just thinks that faith and the and the guttural feeling that you have um, for what you believe in is more important than uh, the idea itself. I, I'd also like to point out, Chris, that I think you'll, especially after watching this, you'll realize that, like, Kevin Smith's a huge, I mean, huge nerd culture person, and he litters his movies with it. 
Like you, I gotta be honest. He says he's as big as a Star Wars fan as you are. He might even be bigger. Oh, I, like that, he, I that I know that much. I know he he litters his movies with references, <clears throat> dude. Like these are like these kind of all his all the View Askins verse movies are like treats for nerds. Like they watch it because it's littered with like either big name actors from these movies. Like Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back has a Mark Hamill. Uh, thing where he's like half Luke Skywalker, half the Joker, half Mark Hamill being Mark Hamill. Like it's hilarious. And the character's name is the Cockknocker. It's like it couldn't be better. Yeah, he has a he has a love for Star Wars that's really uh it's earnest. It it, it really is. I I mean he dude, he Kevin Smith's like the guy, the nerd guy. Like he's he's dope. <laughs> Yeah, I have uh, I, I have reservations about some of his films, but I've never had reservations about um, I'd say about a handful of them. He's yeah. made a, he's made a handful of genuinely good films that he should be remembered for. Yeah, I think Dogma and Clerks are for sure two of them. I would say Dogma, Clerks, Chasing Amy to a certain extent. Certainly, I think Jane Silent Bob has a tone and a style that's. Better understand. I think it's a better live action cartoon than most comedies. It understands the world that Jane Silent Bob live in, even though he's in. Like the whole thing about Jane Silent Bob, Chris, is that he they have existed in almost all of his films, but all of his films have different genres. So he he's made independent movies, he's made comedies, he's made very grounded kind of uh, stuff, and they they fit into the mold of whatever the movie is. But Jane Silent Bob Strike Back is a full fledged live-action cartoon that I think is utilized better than a lot of other ones. I, I like that movie a lot, and I know a lot of people don't really like that movie. He has, he has gone down a route that I don't... that I haven't really been into at all recently. You know, I, did you know they're making I, a sequel to it, though? To what? It's Jed and Silent Bob Strike Back. If they are, great. I mean, yeah. I, I, I appreciate those characters i don't think there's anything wrong with them to a certain extent especially now that we live in a, in a in a time where weed is legal and that that's interesting although in clerks 2 they are sober and that's kind of the point of it um but i i, I kevin smith recently has gone down a route that i just don't appreciate he's made a lot of like cheap low-grade movies that yeah. just don't Yoga have the heart that that he that like clerks and stuff had like I it's interesting because they all have elements in them that I like like Tusk is not a good movie but it's beautiful I, I never thought Kevin Smith had it in him to make such a visually interesting looking movie that really is boring and stupid yeah I mean the problem is, is that his last three movies those being Tusk Yoga Hosers and Moose Jaws has basically just been movies for him to put his daughter as an actress and her friend Johnny Depp's daughter into the stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I, I actually kind of like uh, their performances. I think they're good. Um, I don't like Yoga Housers, though. Um, I don't like Cop Out. Um, Jersey Girl isn't really good. Um, I think Zach and Mary make a porno is okay. Um, but yeah. And let's see, I'm looking around right now. It looks like the only place to find Dogma is on YouTube. Can't really rent it anywhere. For free. You can see it for free on YouTube. Yeah. All right. 
All right. I, all right. Yeah. All right. 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 I get it. I get it. I get it. I should see Dogma. It's on the way up. Sorry, it's but about I, as much as I can I'm get. I'm guys. I'm tired. It's late. I gotta go to bed. So. Yeah. All right, man. Jeez, <laughs> then stop talking, you piece of poop. Yeah. Gee, <laughs> go watch Speed already. <laughs> um. All right. So next week. You do you. I don't control your life. Next week, Speed. Or yeah. Watching speed. Yeah. It's gonna be great. We're, we're down with, we're done with the downhill trajectory of the Jurassic Boom. Yes. Yeah. A franchise which frankly should never existed in the first place, despite the <laughs> second one being good. Yeah. It, it's better than it should be. I guess. Yeah. So next week, speed. See y'all next time. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye.